1: Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. hour number two. I am Dane Martinez. Some people call me the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority, and I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me live and direct. Thanks for joining us this morning and every weekday morning here on Sports Grid, 7 to 9 a.m. Kevin, it's NFL Week 1. We're not even talking about like, oh, in a couple of weeks, blah, blah, blah. No, it's NFL week one. Week one lines are out. People are making their fantasy rosters. People are making their DFS rosters. And boy, is Sports Grid the place to be. We'll be talking about it. We got our main man, Davis Matic, coming up later in the show. We're going to have guests aplenty this week and throughout the football season, giving you what you need to make it a profitable day. And if we differ, Kev, you know, we got tiebreakers. We'll figure out how it goes. But we got to get people caught up because over the holiday weekend, Kev, You may have not have seen some of the news and notes, and it was cut-down day in the NFL, right? So there was some roster movement, some cuts, and one man's trash is another man's treasure. I remind people that at this point of the year, in years past, that's when Sam Bradford was dealt. That's when Khalil Mack was dealt. So there is movement to have happening and there was one big-time free agent that was still out there that found a home over the weekend. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, who we have talked about many times before, did in fact sign with the Tennessee Titans, Kev, and that was one of the teams that were rumored augmenting that defense. He goes back to working with Coach Mike Vrabel, who he played under in Houston. What do you think about this fit, and what do you think about this impact for Tennessee?
2: I think it's massive because this team could have used a little bit more help on the edge and they were able to yeah. get it in Jadavian Clowney. Now is Clowney this all world pass rusher that uh, some might believe? No, not necessarily, but he can be very disruptive. And I think he can be a good piece for Tennessee and Mike Vrabel very quickly climbed up uh, my ladder in terms of how I view him relative to the hmm. rest of these coaches in the AFC for what he put forward. I mean, he beat Belichick. Harbaugh, and then almost had Reed. That would have been some run to get himself into the Super Bowl had he actually been able to finish that thing off. And now he brings in Jadevian Clowney, who he already has a rapport with from his days and time in Houston, which is very encouraging to me because you had to think that that was probably a big part of why Clowney ultimately chose Tennessee. So it shows that there's trust there, and there's an understanding there of probably how they're going to want to use Clowney and I'm already thinking about the narrative game. Week six <laughs> against the Texans. Sign me up. I'm all about those narrative props there for Jadavion Clowney. Uh whether it be uh, you know, over sacks
1: or tackles,
2: whatever it might be, I'm in.
1: All right, fair enough. Kevin, thanks to JV on Clowney, does in fact move the needle. I look at the update on the Tennessee Titans, Kev, and the Tennessee Titans are minus 130 to make the playoffs. As we remember, seven teams in each league or in each conference do make it this year. Tennessee was there last time. They are favorites to qualify again in that AFC South where they'll be competing against, you know, Clowney's former team, the Texans, and of course the Indianapolis Colts as well. When we talk about the Texans... All right, man, there's not money for Clowney. There's not money for almost anybody else because Deshaun Watson, the franchise quarterback of the Houston Texans, got paid over the weekend. He has an extension of four years added, $160 million added. I want to ask you about this. He played it differently than patrick mahomes did right because it's shorter it's the four year it's not the crazy money but in terms of guaranteed money per year of the contract it's actually more than patty mahomes okay 117 million of it is guaranteed as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country including the mightier 1090 out there on the west coast kev watson got paid but yet he still has maybe another bite at the apple four years from now what do you think about this the Texans have locked up their franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future. Tremendous from, from, from both sides. Deshaun Watson deserves every
2: penny. And if you're the Houston Texans, this is a relief because we've started to hear Brady's gone. I think Watson yeah. be the quarterback there next year. I mean, people really thought that that was going to be the eventual move. And I thought that as much of it, sometimes it gets wrapped up in hyperbole, then moving his number one option in Deandre Hopkins. Sure. Wasn't great optically, and I don't think I would feel all that comfortable about it if I was Deshaun Watson. Though people argued the reason that that move with D Hop happened was was so they could eventually pay Watson, and it does look like that was true to an extent. And while we're just talking about you know the South and the teams that are going to compete for it, the Texans are yeah. plus three twenty to win the South. Now I get it. The Colts, Rivers, the roster, we're excited. The Titans, AFC title game. What will Ryan Tannehill be? Mike Vrabel, though, looks fantastic. Derrick Henry, rushing title. I get it. But the Texans have the best quarterback in the division. I don't think there's anybody in the world that would argue against that. And while Bill O'Brien is terrible as a general manager, I mean, he's consistently performed at a high level in this division. And sometimes that has to do with his counterparts, though, being a little bit underwhelming. But plus 320 on the best quarterback in the division, is always going to be an attractive option.
1: Yeah, you know, that is interesting because they also have some level of consistency there, right? You know, Phillip Rivers, new there. A lot of new pieces um, in other places in that division. Real quick, we only got like a minute left in this segment. This Watson contract, who do you think's happier to see it? Dak Prescott or Jerry Jones? Oh, Dak. Dak won. Okay. Oh, has Dak
2: won at every turn? Okay. I, mean, I was having this conversation over the weekend with George Kurtz on In Game Live about... What's the best-case scenario. He's terrible. Then your season shot. And then if he's really good, well, you're going to have to go at least to the Watson number.
1: All right, so we'll keep our eye out on that. I'm sure Dak was looking at that. Maybe Dallas should have given him the 32, 35, whatever it was, back in the day because, eh. The numbers just keep on climbing. There is news and notes to cover. We've got starting decisions in the NFC North. We will talk about it at the running back position, at the quarterback position. We got more news. Week one on the horizon. Come on back. More of the early line is up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back in everybody. The early line here on sports grid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh continuing now to get you ready for week one of the NFL season. And it is here. Kev, we got to start with a a news piece of news that did surprise me in cutdown day. If you want to know the truth, the Washington football team released Adrian Peterson, but much like Leonard Fournette, he was not unemployed for long. Adrian Peterson signs with the Detroit Lions, Kev, and this is interesting for me because I wouldn't have necessarily thought that team. Okay, there's other teams that do have pressing needs at the running back position. Detroit has already the rookie in DeAndre Swift, who we know is banged up a little bit. on Johnson, who has been there, he's a little bit injury and prone as well. What does the addition of Adrian Peterson, Kev, mean for you in this Lions backfield for their performance and running game, but also for the fantasy fortunes, maybe, right? Of some of the these other guys like people were on Swift as a rookie people might have been on carry on as an early bounce back candidate early in the season and as we welcome back our radio audience from around the country what do you think about this news did it catch you a little off guard to Kev AP to Detroit
2: yeah it caught me off guard um, I thought it was gonna go to a contender not worry about mm. reps just to be on a roster or you would say the playoffs are close to a guarantee And he can, you know, maybe coach up some young backs. Oh, no, 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 no. This is as bad as it can get. If you're holding Lions 5-1, to I would not feel good about this decision. If you've been a Lions worst to first truther, I would not feel good about those takes. And you might think that I'm being dramatic here. What's Adrian Peterson really going to do? Well, what he's showing is that Matt Patricia is still going to cut this team off at the knees. There's absolutely no reason to be bringing him into this backfield. You already have a talented backup in on Johnson. You spent the high draft pick on DeAndre Swift. Let them cook. Because here's the thing, Dane. Why would he choose the Detroit Lions? Unless AP's got takes that he's, uh, you know, ready to unload, that the Lions at 5-1 to one are great value, and I'd love to hmm. hear him. Why would he be going to what is looked at as a non-contender? a team that did finish in last place. Probably because he was considered, he he was probably guaranteed a base level of reps that only Matt Patricia would guarantee Adrian Peterson. This is terrible for DeAndre Swift, and this is Mm. bad for the Detroit
1: Lions. You know what I'm reminded of? Adrian Peterson was on that New Orleans Saints team when they had, oh, you know, when they had Mark Ingram and they had Alvin Kamara. It was kind of blocking the way for Kamara to ascend and explode in his rookie year. Maybe the same thing will happen, blocking DeAndre Swift. I will say this though, Adrian Peterson, if he does get a workload, he is less than a thousand yards away for number four on the NFL's all-time rushing list. You know who he would hop, Kevin? Detroit Lions superstar Barry Sanders, if he were to ascend and get, you know, 800, 900 yards, which is viable. So something interesting to look at there. Talk to me about the Washington side, because now what's left on that depth chart Kev, is Antonio Gibson. Bryce Love, Peyton Barber, who I believe is just the guy? Or do you think they roll with it? Or might that be a place where, you know, the Lamar Miller's, Devontae Freemans of the world could end up? We're only, we're at week one now. Are they going to roll at it with Peyton Barber, Antonio Gibson, and Bryce Love?
2: Antonio Gibson is hot on Clyde okay. edwards heels for the Ooh. most hyped player this offseason. Dane, have you recently taken a look at the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year market? as Antonio Gibson is now fifth, fifth above him. Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the only first-round running back. Tua Tunga-Vailoa, the fifth overall pick. Jonathan Taylor, a second-round choice with the best maybe offensive line in football in front of him. And Antonio Gibson, look at that.
1: Fifth option
2: on the board.
1: That's ridiculous. Uh, that means there's value elsewhere in that market, and that's all I will say about that. These things could still be moving, though. Remember, this is there was cut down day. Things continue to move around. KeV, I saved the best piece of news for last because I can't wait to see your reaction to this. I told you we were going to be in the NFC North. We talked about the Detroit Lions as it related to AP. Uh, they have declared a starter finally in chicago this market was up for a while who would be the starting bears quarterback in week one mitchell trubisky nick Foles. it kind of went back and forth over the course of months you could have got them both at plus money but they have announced the bears starting quarterback for week one kevin will be mitchell trubisky is going to be the starter i know you think this is the bad decision because you've been riding that nick Foles energy all the way since back at philly but he will Start week one for the Bears. What does this mean for the Bears? What does this mean for Trubisky? What does this mean for the weapons on the outside? Allen Robinson going very high in fantasy drafts. But, you know, the Bears offense will continue to be under the stewardship of Mitchell Trubisky. The
2: year after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Mitchell Trubisky and his Chicago Bears had what felt like an all time great defense. They got the third seed in the NFC, and they hosted. Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles and lost in the opening round of the postseason despite a great performance from their defense. And yes, the double doink from the kicker, but that offense did nothing all game long. And then people thought that Trubisky would bounce back and they didn't. And then the Bears gave up a decent draft choice to trade for Nick Foles to come in and to compete for this job, except that's not what happened. They came in for him to back up Mitch Trubisky, to hopefully coach him into success, to try to give him the quarterback room that could actually get the most out of him, which is a damn shame, because the Bears are once again capping themselves now as to what they can actually be because Nick Foles is a better quarterback and was brought in and cost them the opportunity to acquire Cam Newton when he could be had for pennies on the dollars. This is awful. The only thing that is good for the Chicago bears is they play Matt Patricia's Detroit lions, one. (laughs) but on the heels of Trubisky's announcement, they quite quickly went from two-and-a-half-point po- uh, underdogs to three-point
1: underdogs near the Chicago Bears in that week one matchup. Ah, so we see the money coming in in response to what the Bears have done with Mitchell Trubisky. I do want to ask you about a couple of wide receivers as well, Kev. Big Mike Williams on the Chargers. We're now getting conflicting reports. I hear everything from he could be out for most of September to that he may be a game-time decision for week one. Talk to me about the impact Big Mike might have on Terod Taylor and that Chargers offense, which is, you know, kind of in motion right now, and also over with your Philadelphia Eagles, Kevin, I want to ask you about this. Jalen Rager, you know, he's doubtful, technically, right? They think he's going to miss a couple of weeks, but I got to ask you in general about this Philadelphia wide receiver room, okay? Because Alshon Jeffrey down, Jalen Rager likely down early on. Who do we pivot to? Is it d Is it the double tight end set? We know Miles Sanders is a little bit banged up as well for week one against the Washington football team. What do you expect this Eagles offense to look like, you know, they're already a walking match unit as it has been the last couple of years in Philly.
2: Yeah, I mean, it all started when Goodwin opted out. Then Rieger got right. Hurt. Now we got some surprise news that Alshon avoided the pup. Who knows? Maybe he does play week one. Does JJ? I mean, that arcega just means White he's side? going to play
1: before like week seven. I don't know if it means he's gonna play week one. Listen, they're they're trying to
2: stay optimistic of the situation. <laughs> Can JJ arcega Whiteside you know, deliver on the second round uh draft slot that the Eagles made him? I'm not sure. Really, the only downside on Deshaun Jackson is that everybody is going to have him in all of their EFS lineups week one. But realistically, it's hard to find a reason not to. The weakness of the Washington football team is their secondary. Mm-hmm. Last year they played week one. He had 150 yards and two touchdowns. He's going to be the lead receiver. And we've seen Deshaun consistently rip apart old teams and been pretty good when he's actually healthy. So, yeah, for as long as Deshaun is healthy, which let's be honest, usually isn't all that long. Uh, That will be where you're going to want to turn your attention as far
1: as that receiving core goes. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Kev. In fact, that is one of my diamonds in the rough this week in DFS. Is Deshaun Jackson listed at 5,700 for our FanDuel for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, Kev, right? The rest of the Philadelphia wideout room has been compromised already. And, you know, he likes to blow off on week one and against former teams. We'll talk about it more with our guy, Davis Maddock when we come back. Does he like some of the DFS values as well? But I'm with Deshaun Jackson, right? Ronald Darby across from him potentially. He toasts Ronald Darby. And here's the thing, Kev. Week one, you know, we talk about all these other guys, these rookies trying to get up on the flow, trying to get that chemistry. With Deshaun, it's like, yo, run the nine rounds. Run the post, right? We know Deshaun can do that. We know Carson Wentz can hit him. So the fact that his game profile is that way, he had eight catches for over 150 yards and two touchdowns in week one last year. I like the matchup against former teams. There's less there. Uh, for Philly. So I like Deshaun Jackson at 5,700. He's is one of the wide receivers. That's a diamond for me. However, when we come back, Kev, we've got our guy, Davis Maddock, and he knows DFS values better than almost anybody on the planet. We'll ask him about some DFS stuff. We'll ask him about season props. We'll ask him about NFL week one when we come back right here on the early line. edge on sports grid we also welcome back our radio audience from around the country including on the west coast thank you for waking up early with us out there on the mightier 1090 and kev i'm excited we've talked about week one kind of we are on the precipice but if people joined us now the radio audience this is a great time because we are now joined by our our guy davis And there is probably no one better to look at some of these prop bets, look at some of these DFS action with than our guy Davis. Davis, are you as excited as Kevin and I? Because listen, we've been talking about this for months. I remember we were talking during the NFL draft. We were opining the return of football. Well, we are here. Are you excited, Davis? Yeah, absolutely, Davis. So I got to ask you, let's talk about this, okay? Because... In your world in DFS, DFS prices have been up for a while, right? Uh, Season-long prop bets have been up for a while. Win totals have been up for a while, right? So how do you play the kind of moving markets now as camp battles happen, as injuries happen, as Cam Newton gets named a starting quarterback, as Adrian Peterson switches teams? Like, is this kind of the best week? Is there a lot of value to be had this week, Dave? I'm not Okay, I'm not sure if we have Davis. We're going to be working to get him there. But, Kevin, as you know, um, there's going to be a lot of insight that he brings. What do you think about that, though? The question I pose to Davis, right? Prop bets, we've seen movement, win totals. We've been trying to follow it for a while, um, and there's also probably value in the DFS market. I, I know you've seen, for example, like Cam Newton, right? And we talked about that last week. That prop bet has zoomed up hundreds of yards, Kev.
2: Yeah the cam one has been incredibly interesting to follow from the start. Yep. So yep.
3: at Fanduel
2: it was yep. uh 24 uh, 99 and a half. No. We now look at it and it's at 3199 and a half. And Davis we want to get you back in here and you know we're going to look at some of these season long player props um and I'm interested to hear uh what he has to say kind of about Cam Newton uh, there, Dane, because now, you know, you and I talked about this last week, you know, a 700 yard middle is on the board for those who saw that uh, all the way, you know, back then at 2499 and a half.
1: No, absolutely. And Davis, as we bring you back in, we got all the buttons pushed and all the whistles and the I's dotted and the T's crossed. So welcome into the show again, Davis. We were just talking about our excitement with week one on the horizon, right? I'm excited for football. But, Davis, we're also excited for some value because these numbers have been hanging out here for a long time, right? And so, we were talking, for example, the Cam Newton passing yard prop we saw last week at 2,400, criminally low. He gets named the starting quarterback. Now it's 3,200, maybe a play on games played for Cam Newton. But that's one we saw. Talk to us about some of the things that create incredible value with the changing narrative and news stories in what would be the preseason because these numbers have been available.
3: So I think the the most profitable season-long football props are going to be playing unders on running backs, especially running backs. Mm. That you- All
1: right. All right. We still got Davis. He still, you know, he did give one piece of insight when we still heard him. And it was the idea of unders on running backs. And Kev, let me ask you about unders on running backs. You know, I kind of like where Davis is fishing here, right? In the idea of us teaching people how to fish, not give you a fish because to go over that kind of number, Kev, A lot of things have to happen right. You know, you got to be healthy for all the games. You have to have the right game script in all those games to not migrate into a passing team that is behind, right? You also, in this revolving door we've seen, you got to have no transactions that compromise. Oh, and yeah, COVID is still out there, which ain't going to add rushing yards to your total. What do you think about Davis's thought? They're leaning under on some of these running backs.
2: Yeah, I I think that it's, you know, especially the running back position, because of how often injuries can pop up, um, it's hard to argue with. Now, I will notice, though, you know, at the FanDuel Sportsbook, that is the position that they are giving you the least amount of options, I would say. Uh, You know, you take a look, in terms of rushing yards over unders, you've got McCaffrey, Lev Bell, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry. And that's it. That's the extent of it. So I think while Davis is right, I don't know if we have the same opportunity to take advantage of it because I think FanDuel tends to agree. And I do think that FanDuel has shaded some of these totals to the under. That's why a lot of the times when I'm going through these, I'm like, oh, that's a little low. That's a little low. That's a little low, right? You know, certainly with the Cam Newton situation. Right. And ultimately, I think that's going to be the most difficult thing for – uh myself and i think probably for a lot of people to combat here in this market is that i do think these numbers are shaded under but it is with good
1: reason interesting let me ask you another question and compare it to something we see in baseball kev in baseball, we play things like the strikeout prop market. In baseball, we see like, oh, the total's at seven and a half, zoom over, right? And part of those things, those bets we make, are because of the general evolution in baseball, right? How offense is changing, how 3-2 outcomes are changing. Could you say the same thing for football and running back totals, right? Like, we're just evolving in a couple of ways. One, to a more pass-happy league. Right. And two to every team having two, three backs, you know, we've been talking about the RBB three, the committees that are out there. Does that make it even harder for one guy to get such a chunk of the pie? Forget even about injuries and COVID and the craziness, the way NFL football happens these days is much more heavily passing attack and much more committee approach. The same as in baseball, it takes a little while for the numbers and the odds to catch up to what is truly happening in the sport. Could that be the case? Uh, Slow movement away from the running backs as well? Well, and that's probably
2: why you actually see more options available for rushing plus receiving Mm. yards as it pertains to the running back market. So I think you you make a really good point. uh, When you kind of try and and figure out uh, where the value is, you know, maybe rushing plus receiving if you believe that you really got to, you know, your McCaffrey's and all, you know, your do-it-all backs, where if you're, again, if you're looking to play over, you might want to bring those receiving yards uh, into the mix.
1: Fair enough. And now third time's the charm as we bring in our guy Davis Matic here representing Daily Roto. Davis, we heard a little bit of what you said before, kind of like a lean on under on running backs. And Kevin and I were saying, listen, there's so many reasons that can happen, right? You know, It's a violent game, 16 games is not always guaranteed. There's coronavirus out there. There's also the evolution of football going A, more towards a passing attack and B, more towards more teams having a committee approach. So the idea of the bell cow actually getting to that kind of lofty season long total is less viable. Uh, So Davis, let me ask you, do you agree with those reasons for your lean? And are there any running backs in particular you think may fall victim do that
3: 100 percent. i think you guys hit the nail on the head you know pretty much every team is playing multiple running backs now running backs are the most susceptible guys to injuries and you know we just kind of have to blanket assume every guy in the nfl kind of has an even chance of missing games due to coronavirus, whether they get it, whether, you know, someone in their life gets it and they have to to quarantine, whatever, you know, we just know there's a higher percentage chance of guys missing games this year mm-hmm. than ever before. So a couple of the unders that I, I do like. Are Ezekiel Elliott on the FanDuel sportsbook uh, under seventeen hundred thirty-four yards, and Derrick Henry uh, under fifteen hundred and nine rushing yards? Uh, I think those two are uh, those are rushing plus receiving. Actually, as you guys were just talking about, I think those two are both pretty pretty strong. And when it comes to those those numbers, uh, Davis, do you
2: look for say a a certain margin? Between projections and number listed that you need then to feel confident on pulling the trigger on under and I would guess then the margin maybe that you need is less to pull the trigger on and under than it is to pull a trigger on the over.
3: Yeah, if I'm going to bet an over, I want to, ha- like, so, for example, let's look at Le'Veon Bell, right? His uh, regular season rushing total plus receiving total is almost 1,200 yards. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if if I was betting the over on that, assuming everything we just talked about, you know, missing games, uh, committees, you know, all of that, I would want to have him projected for, like, Thirteen hundred and fifty yards, I think. Which, by the way, I would have to check. My guess is my projections I actually think the over there is a bet, but there's not a chance that I'm actually going to, uh, to bet that. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to be betting uh, Le'Veon Bell. Whereas if if I have you know for example Saquon Barkley, if I have him projected you know a hundred yards under. Is under, I think that would just be a, a stone cold, very easy bet because, you know, there just is so much chaos that benefits unders and uh, is is a nightmare for over bets.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Davis. You know, now that we got you and can get all of these insights, I'm very excited to ask you a couple of questions. So hopefully you can stick around with us as we go to our next segment. But one thing I want to ask you, generally speaking, Davis, you know, I've seen in fantasy baseball this year, like, you don't have to even have a member on your team have COVID. You can have a member of the opponent, one member have COVID, and then all of a sudden your weekend series is done, right? I wanna apply that to the NFL, to fantasy. Let's take this big picture, look, cause coronavirus is still around in our country. What do you expect? How will it be adjudicated? Are there gonna be like pop-up buys that happen out of nowhere on a Friday or Saturday? After someone on your bench has already been benched for Thursday night football, you know, like how are, what are managers going to have to deal with in fantasy football? I want to ask you about that. And then we get on the field with some X's and O's and who may ascend, who may be falling. We will do all of that here on the early line, but we need the insight of someone like you, Davis, who sees how this is playing out in baseball. Because we got to figure out how to apply it in football, and we will do that when we come back. Dane Martinez, Kevin Walsh, and our guy Davis Maddock, friend of the show, when we come back right here on The Early Line.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back in everybody right here onto the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh putting the fun in functional. content and we are joined by our friend Davis Maddock. Davis I gotta ask you my timeline is full up not only with fantasy football questions but literally with advice for commissioners what would you do as a commissioner for fantasy football with all of the things up in the air with coronavirus we know how it's played out in major league baseball and fantasy baseball where it's been a nightmare you can have one of your players you know yanked off in a weekly lineup how would you adjust what do you anticipate how is it gonna go down in football like I said might we have that just have like pop-up buys on Friday and Saturday because of one positive test, they can't travel?
3: I mean, I think 100% we are. We're going to see, I don't think we will see a ton of games canceled. Maybe we do see games canceled, you know, every once in a while. I, I think the NFL is going to work very hard to actively avoid that because of all of the TV money that they have tied up. But I do think that we will see, you know, starting running back, uh, his, his wife tested positive for COVID. So he has to quarantine. He has to miss two weeks. I think we're going to see a ton of stuff like that. I think we could maybe... Uh, you know, like what happened in baseball, where we just see, like, you know, the Cardinals. You don't get a play for three weeks because you keep having guys uh, test positive, and they they find some way to schedule around that. And then as a commissioner, the 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 way that I have done this in my my home leagues is every league add three, four, five IR spots because when guys go on the COVID nineteen list, they are IR eligible, like the way that uh, the way that the fantasy sites work. So I think that is the easiest way to combat some of the you know very projectable chaos now they're going to be things that uh we can't project that we don't see but i think the easiest way to handle those things is extra ir slots
2: i think that that is a very very good point made and you are seeing a lot of uh people start to do that in their leagues but dave's like i want to talk to you more about these player props here and it seems like it might be difficult maybe for me to get you to bite on and over so i'm going to come out swinging early with a guy that i know last year from our conversations uh, on Pro Football Rewind, you loved and you were all over. And that's Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP. Lamar Jackson's passing yards number is 3199 and a half. His passing touchdown prop is 26 and a half. I take a look at what he did last year. Uh, he was under the yards, although he was basically to a tongue of Ilo in the NFL, wasn't playing in second halves, missed a game. I mean, it was basically a joke. He also threw 36 touchdowns which was wildly impressive, so obviously that 26.5 might look low on the surface. What do you think about these Lamar Jackson totals for both passing yards and passing touchdowns?
3: Uh, I actually think these are the best Lamar Jackson bets you can make. I think these are better bets than the MVP. I think these are better bets than his rushing totals because Baltimore just crushed everyone last year, right? They were winning games by... Thirty points. This is this is a true story. Lamar Jackson threw only four hundred and four passes last year in fifteen games. You know because he didn't play, uh, he didn't really play week seventeen. So four hundred four passes. That's like that's like what NFL teams were doing in like nineteen eighty three, right? It's it's like a whole different <laughs> realm. And I anticipate Baltimore playing way more competitive games this year. I have Lamar projected to throw five hundred and eleven passes. So a hundred and more passes than he played last year basically so yeah i'm in i I, these are overs that uh these are overs that you could actually convince me to bet in fact i I think i might while we're sitting here
1: as davis goes ahead and clicks submit i'm going to ask him another question davis my rule of thumb generally in with rookies especially rookie running backs is that they sort of ascend over time in their rookie season right you saw it happen last year with guys like miles sanders in the second half Devin singletary in the second half i almost feel like this year with all the craziness with the ability to not have preseason games or really practice and all the concerns that are around that this may be even more the case this year and I know about Jonathan Taylor and all the buzz but Marlon Mack is the starter I know about DeAndre Swift and all the buzz and he's a little banged up but they brought in AP and they still carry on there right I know people like Zach Moss but there's still Devin Singletary there right talk to me about the balance of power and what you think the shift over time may be for some of these rookie running backs and where does that shit happen sooner rather than later
3: So I think that the rookie running backs that are going to play the most week one are probably going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Kansas City Chiefs and Cam Akers for the Los Angeles Rams. Swift is really interesting to me because the Lions have always tried to use a pass-catching running back. You know, last year it was split between Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick. Obviously, Theo Riddick was there for the first uh, three years of his career. And they, they never really got, kind of as long as I can remember, they've never found a guy to really excel in that role. And if you look at what DeAndre Swift did in Georgia, that's really what he was outstanding at. You know, he's a good runner. Uh, he was you know getting carries over Sonny Michelle Nick Chubb, those guys when he was a true freshman at Georgia. So I think Swift is a really talented guy. And uh, Swift is kind of the one where in fantasy drafts right now, you can kind of get him in like the sixth, seventh round. I, I think that... Over the last half of the season, to go along with your idea, I think Swift is the guy who has the the best ability to kind of be like Miles Sanders, where Miles Sanders played a really complimentary role for the first couple weeks of the season. And then after Jordan Howard exited with that, uh, that back injury, those stingers, Sanders absolutely blew up. And I, I think that uh, we're going to see something very similar uh, to that with DeAndre Swift.
2: While we're talking rookies, there's another rookie whose season-long player props has really caught my attention, and that's Henry Ruggs, especially after the Terrell Williams injury. So I look at his receiving yards total; it's seven, uh, seven hundred and seventy-four and a half, and then the over/under on his touchdowns really interesting to me at four and a half even money to the over. I think about Williams having five touchdowns in the first five games of the season. Maybe it's just too simple to think he plugs right into that spot. But his explosiveness—I'm interested in some rugs over here, uh, Davis.
3: So I—I I don't think that I would bet the receiving yards. I think that is kind of a, a fairish line. Like, okay, so that's a fair line if he breaks out. Now, if you think that he doesn't break out. Uh, and you think he kind of spends most of the year as a reserve? I think you could bet the under. That's more of a stay away. It weirdly though, I would bet the over on the touchdowns, be, just because like I mean, if, guys, have you watched Henry Ruggs? Like he he could he could be like <laughs> he could be like McCole Hardman last year. McCole Hardman had forty one targets, but he scored right. for six touchdowns because he's McCole Hardman, and and you really can't cover four speed. And I, you know, I know that the kind of the popular narrative is Derek, of course, not going to throw the ball deep, but even on, even on screens, even on, uh, you know, uh, uh, jet sweeps and stuff. Like, I think there's a lot of ways where Henry Ruggs can score touchdowns. So, so I think the yardage prop there is probably a stay away, but I do love the even money on over four and a half touchdowns.
1: Hey, Davis, let me ask you, uh, I want to stay there with those Las Vegas Raiders, because in week one, I also saw Hunter Renfro at only 5,200 on FanDuel. I think he's going to be a PPR kind of uh, beast this year. He started to get a connection with Carr, but moreover, what about some of these teams where like, you know, you have Raiders receivers, some rookies. And then injuries, right? Terrell Williams no longer there. In Philadelphia, you have rookies and you have injuries, right? Uh, With Alshon Jeffrey not there, Jalen Rager not there. And I ask you this because in DFS in week one, these prices have been out there for a while right? So are there some pivots at the wide receiver position at the running back position? We know maybe David Montgomery won't be there. Do you like Tariq Cohen or even a Corderelle Patterson because of the way some of these groupings are shaking out now with camp battles and with injuries. I know that there's some values for week one in DFS. Where are some of your knee jerk reactions to value because of some of the transactions, movements, or injuries that have happened in the last couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, I mean everyone everyone in their donkey is gonna be playing Deshaun Jackson uh week yeah. one on, on on FanDuel, right? He is gonna be one of the most popular selections. Uh not not because of any injury, but Marquise Brown is priced at fifty nine hundred out of a sixty thousand dollar. Uh, salary cap on on FanDuel, so Marquise Brown is going to be exceedingly popular. I actually think Antonio Gibson is a really interesting hmm. uh discussion on FanDuel in DFS because on on sites that award full PPR, I think he is pretty much a, a lock at his given salary. On FanDuel though, where we're really looking more for touchdown upside, I'm I'm kind of struggling with what to do with Gibson because the kind of the role I have him projected for is Third downs, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of that, a lot of the passing work early, maybe even play some slots, uh, maybe play some snaps in the slot. But, but I, I think that the Washington football team goal back is probably going to be Peyton Barber. And so I, I'm a little, I'm a little unclear uh, as to what to do with him on, on FanDuel. But yeah, I mean, the very, the very popular cheat plays are going to be Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Brown, and then at running back, Miles Sanders is just a little bit to underpriced, like, close to, like, his his seasonal fantasy draft ADP.
2: So you're talking about popular plays. Let me give you a popular player here for a season-long player prop. Odell Beckham Jr. The receiving yards number is 1049 and a half. He was off this number by 15 yards. The receiving touchdowns number is at five and a half. He missed this by two. He was pretty close last year to these numbers, and I feel like that's about as bad as I could possibly envision Odell Beckham playing if he's out there for 16 do you think Odell bounces back and and how does that relate to these numbers here
3: I actually have Odell pretty close to what he did last year. 126 targets, 75 catches, uh, just a shade over a thousand yards and uh, seven and a half touchdowns. So my projection is more conservative on Odell relative to his career baseline and a lot closer to the baseline of what he did for the Cleveland Browns last year. I, I think that Odell might be kind of one of those guys where We got an unrealistic sample of how good he was earlier in his career. And also, you know, I'm not really convinced that Cleveland views him as the best wide receiver on the team. I I actually think that the Cleveland Browns kind of view Jarvis Landry as their, you know, alpha wide receiver. And uh, so I would, I would probably prefer to be on the underside of uh, Beckham props. But again, he's such a terrifying guy to bet either way, very injury Mm -hmm. prone, but also, you know, a guy who can, it can just score 90-yard touchdowns with a drop of hat because he's so talented.
1: Yeah, maybe Cleveland does want to bless them. You're right. Maybe the anomaly was early with Odell. And the Browns have so many options, right, between Odell and Jarvis. They bring in the tight end Hooper. You know Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. They're going to hand the ball to Nick Chubb as well. Sounds like a fantasy heard to me. Last one for me, Davis. You know, I know you have all the calculations, all the algorithms, all the formulas, right, to make your plays, to make your values. I got to ask you a general question. How are you factoring in in home field this year? And fans, maybe some fans, maybe 5,000 fans, maybe capacity fans. I know like in normally, right, home field is three points. Are they getting that? Is that factoring into your props, DFS? How are you treating the uh, moving target that is fans in the stands?
3: So that stuff is definitely feeding into all of my projections because, you know, we use the Vegas lines at Daily Roto. We use all that stuff to feed in to our projections so that, you know, there's a lot of wisdom of the crowds going into all of this stuff. And from what I can tell, lines are not really adjusting for home field advantage or or lack thereof yet. And kind of one of the, thing, one of the things that I am going to be doing um, early on is I, I think that road favorites are – going to be very strong bets early in the season because it's kind of going to be like, kind of the way in my head I'm thinking of it is, it's like every game is being played in uh in London, right? Like the, the Jacksonville right. Jaguars games. That's kind of how I'm thinking of all of these games early on where, you know, maybe one team is more comfortable than the other. Maybe one team is more used to the circumstances than the other. But for the most part, these are neutral field games. Yeah, and
1: the Quickly, question Davis, remains, is it worth a full three points. I know we only got a little bit left. Kevin, we can. Fit I it just want to try
2: quickly, Davis, Kirk cousins over under 35, 99 and a half passing yards. They have to throw the ball more in Minnesota. Yes or no?
3: Uh, I don't think they have to throw the ball. More. In fact, oh. I think they really don't want to. So I would be, I would <laughs> be under there for cousins.
1: Gotcha. All right. Well, you got it in in on the time. And remember, Kirk Cousins is channeling his inner Ivan Drago. Also, if he dies, he dies. Well, we had a great time talking with you, Dave. We hope to be able to bring you back throughout the football season to get all the leans and all the value. Uh, so thanks for joining us for a couple of seconds. We'll be right back on the early line Welcome back in, everybody, right here on to the early line. Dane Martinez and, of course, Kevin Walsh. And Kev, good stuff there from Davis, right? Uh, The idea of leaning maybe under on some of the running backs. He taught you a little bit of how he's factoring in potentially the home field advantage, which is something that's going to be on my mind the entire season. We get those three points and, you know, our our home dogs better because of that. I really want to see how the books adjust to that, Kev. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, I'm going to be, you know – I think what he said about road favorites totally landed with me. I thought that that made a, a lot of sense there because, you know, if he would have said, you know, road dogs to cover, you never know. Like teams can pull away, of course. But I think in that spot there, um, it made a lot of sense. I just want to get in my Kirk Cousins rebuttal, though. I did. Yeah. Last year, he went over that number by three yards, okay? Through well, 122 yeah. yards in his last game of the season which was in week 16 because he didn't play week 17. So in 15 games, he got over that number. I understand that they want to run the ball as much as possible. I'm just not sure that that's something that happens again, Uh, just how few uh, times this team actually uh, attempted to pass. Cousins has got over 4,000 yards plenty of times in his career. Um, I still may play the Cousins over.
1: All right, fair enough. I think the case here for me on that Minnesota and on the Cousins thing, right, is really about what, as David said, what they're trying to do. Are they going to be more run heavy as a team, right? And that will change. That could change the fortunes of that bet do they want to use dalvin cook as much as possible without stefan Diggs? there they're bringing in the rookie justin jefferson right i've actually heard good things kev on irv smith that he may take a step forward and they may utilize him more in the slot as opposed to a traditional two tight end set but definitely an interesting conversation we'll see what the minnesota vikings look like we'll see with what the patriots look like as well with Cam Newton under center, but Kev, we've got Week One on the horizon, right? We'll have guests all week long. Emory Hunt on tomorrow. We'll talk fantasy. We'll talk lines. We'll talk everything going into the kickoff of Thursday Night Football. Kev, I don't know. What are you like? What are you looking for most uh, this football season? We got like thirty seconds, but like, what's the thing you're going to be looking for in Week One? For me, it's oh, I already know for Thursday.
2: I'm going to look for the Clyde Edwards Hilaire props because I'm going to be Ah. real interested to see how comfortable you
1: are about those unders. Yeah, uh, we are going to look at that. All I need is other people to be on the field. I'll tell you, I'm confident about a couple of unders in that game, and we'll talk about it on Thursday. We got basketball playoffs. We've got hockey playoffs. We got to hear what's going on with uh, Jokovic as well as the U.S. Open majors continue. We are here at September where sports is on the horizon and keep it locked all day long to Sports Grid. We will continue to give you the edge. Up next i pass the baton to the homegirl ariel epstein the morning after is
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com